evidence and answers. Fall, thousands of Christian students leave for college, where they will make some of the biggest decisions of their lives, but also be confronted with serious challenges to their faith. Surveys show that a vast majority of these Christian students end up walking away from their faith after four years of college. Why is the faith of hundreds of Christian students dismantled in college? How can we help prepare our Christian students for the challenges of the college campus? Listen as Pat explains the challenges of the university and how we can prepare our Christian students to meet the challenges of the college campus. Here with part two is Pat Zucran. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and provide biblical answers to the challenges Christians face today. Well, we're going through our series, Top Challenges College Students Face. And as we know, every fall, thousands of Christian students leave for college. And there, they'll grow academically, intellectually, but also they're going to face some of the greatest challenges of their lives and make some of the biggest decisions of their lives. And surveys show a very disturbing trend that the vast majority of Christian students end up walking away from their faith in Christ after four years of college. Dr. Bill Brown, president of Cedarville College, said Christian students go away from college with one of three outcomes. Their spiritual life takes a dive or they have to withdraw to survive or their faith is strengthened and they thrive. And so it's that third outcome that we want. College doesn't have to be a wasteland experience for the Christian student. The college campus will definitely challenge your faith in many significant ways. But if our students are prepared, they can face the challenge and their faith in Christ can be reinforced and strengthened when they see that he can stand up to the challenges of the academic arena and also the social arena and that Christianity provides the best answers to the big questions of life. So their faith can be reinforced and strengthened rather than dismantled and shattered. And one of the best ways to prepare our students for campus life is to prepare them for the challenges they will soon face. Now, I put the challenges in four major categories, social, spiritual, moral, and intellectual. In our previous show, we went over the social challenges. Now, let me go over the other challenges that the university student will face and also provide action plans in which they can really meet that challenge and thrive in their faith in Christ. The next challenge after the social challenge is the spiritual challenge. Their spiritual life and faith will constantly be challenged there on the university campus. One of the major challenges is that of time. In the midst of classes, clubs, social events, athletic teams, it is a challenge to find time to study God's Word and be in a fellowship of believers. Often the study of God's Word is one of the first things to go by the wayside amidst a very busy schedule. It takes discipline and commitment to make time to be with the Lord and grow in your spiritual life. But understand a full, well-rounded education includes not only the mind, but the mind, body, and spirit. In Luke chapter 2, it states that Jesus, as he grew to manhood, grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and with men. So Jesus, as he grew, he grew in wisdom, in his intellectual capacity. He also grew and strengthened physically, in favor with God and with men. He grew socially and also spiritually. That is how God wants us to develop fully in every arena 
in intellect, in our relational arena, in our spiritual life, and in our physical life, in all those arenas. That's what makes for a complete education. So one of the things every Christian student needs to be able to do is to develop the spiritual disciplines now in the summer months before going back to college or before going to college for the first time to really develop the spiritual disciplines. To be a disciple means to be disciplined. And so we have to develop the spiritual disciplines of prayer, daily devotions, witnessing and fellowship with believers. Those are disciplines we need to take seriously and develop now. If you think, well, when I get to the university campus, then when I get there, I'll kind of try to figure these things out. Well, it's not going to happen. Those are disciplines you need to develop now during these summer months while you're on break. And then they'll carry over with you as you begin the academic year. So the first part of the action plan for students to strive and grow spiritually while they're on the university campus is to develop those spiritual disciplines now so that they'll carry on over with you when the academic year starts. And as we stated previously, key to growing spiritually is to plugging in to a good campus ministry there to find a good fellowship. Now, Dr. Jay Budziszewski, a political science professor at the University of Texas at Austin, gives some good guidelines in how to find a good campus ministry or a good fellowship there on campus. He provides six guidelines here. And the first is you need to find a group that proclaims Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus and Jesus alone. No one else. All right. A ministry that would proclaim another Savior or another kind of Jesus other than the Jesus that the Bible teaches. That would be a cult group. And cult groups thrive on the university campus there. That's something to be aware of. Next, you need to find a group that teaches the Bible as the Word of God. A group that believes in the inspiration and inerrancy of God's Word as the supreme authority of truth and by which truth is measured. Third, you need to find a group that teaches salvation by grace through faith and not by works. Any group that would teach faith in Christ plus good works is needed would be a group that you don't want to join, one that you want to avoid that's teaching you a false gospel. If they're teaching you that it's by faith in Christ plus good works or good works to maintain your salvation status. And there's several of those groups on university campuses like that, but you want one that teaches salvation by grace through faith alone. Fourth, you want a fellowship that will encourage you to grow in your faith in Christ, encourage you in your studies and in your social life, but also hold you accountable that you're good, making good, wise decisions according to God's word in every arena of your life. Then you want a ministry with a good balance of outreach, Bible study, worship, and prayer. And finally, you want to look for ministries with mature Christian leaders. One of the prevalent problems of many campus ministries is that some have immature Christian leaders. And that can be a huge problem when you're talking about university students. Those, although they're almost adults, they need some good guidance in their life and good role models. And unfortunately, there are some Christian ministries on campus that have immature leaders guiding them. I was involved in a campus ministry for a brief while that had some immature Christian leaders. He was an upperclassman 
And unfortunately, he wasn't very mature in his faith in Christ. And one of the things that got him upset is that when we didn't do things exactly the way he wanted, we accomplished our assignments, we participated in the things that we were told to do, but we didn't do it exactly the way he wanted. And so that would often get him really upset. And he ended up retaliating against us in several ways, often you know, insinuating things publicly or at the fellowship meetings, kind of putting us down, maybe not mentioning us directly, but insinuating, and people knew who he was talking about. That was very immature, right? And that led to a very bad experience for many of us, dropping out of that fellowship. There were other ministry leaders who weren't mature as well. You know, on weekends, they would cross the border and engage in the, the club scene, and we'd see them drinking or or engaging in activity that really was not honoring to the Lord. Yet, during the week when they were leading the ministry, they were there leading worship or teaching. But on weekends, you see them acting contrary to what we saw up there on the stage. And so those leaders were quite immature. And so, you know, we soon dropped out of that fellowship. But you want to find ministries with mature Christian leaders and Fortunately, there are a lot of great ministries with great Christian leaders who provide great examples and be great mentors to you there in your college years. Now, there are some things that we should avoid. We should avoid groups that twist the Bible. So just because a group says that they are a Christian group, we really need to test what they teach, as Paul states, you know, to test all things, hold fast to that which is good. So beware of groups that twist the Bible. There are many cults on campus. One of the reasons cults thrive on campus is because of what we talked about in previous shows, that really a student suddenly finds themselves all alone, and we are social creatures. God designed us to be in relationships, and we're looking to develop a new network. And when there is a Christian who is not connected, he or she can be very vulnerable. And at the college age, although you may think you're an adult, you're still impressionable. And so a group may reach out to you and be very warm and friendly, but you need to test what they teach because often many of these groups are quite active in recruiting new students who haven't quite connected yet. And so once you get into a group, you need to make sure that their teaching is consistent with what the Bible teaches. You should also avoid groups that dilute the message of the Bible, that do not treat the Bible as the inspired Word of God. And when there's arenas where they disagree with the Bible, they will take the ideas of the culture or their opinion over the Bible. Third, you need to avoid groups that add to the Bible, that treat other works equal in authority or more authoritative than the Bible. For the Christian, the Bible is the sole source of truth. Fourth, you need to avoid groups that rely too much on emotional experiences. All our experiences must be measured by the truth that is in God's Word. And if it's not consistent, then we need to take God's Word over our emotional experiences, no matter how powerful they may be. Fifth, you need to avoid groups that have authoritarian leadership. In other words, groups with domineering leadership that try to control every aspect of your life. You want a group to hold you accountable in your walk with the Lord, but you don't want a group that's authoritarian, that's controlling your life. 
For example, I did my thesis on the International Church of Christ, and in there, a younger believer is matched up with a discipler whom they must see every night and confess their activity and even their thoughts to their discipler. And their discipler will make decisions for them, even lifestyle decisions, who you can date, what classes you can take, how much you should tithe. Now, that is too much control, and that's authoritarian leadership. And in authoritarian leadership, you are also not to question the leader above you. Questioning the leader is equal to questioning God, all right? And that's authoritarian kind of leadership. You want to avoid that. You want to avoid groups that cut you off from your family. One of the things that the International Church of Christ and other abusive groups did is that they cut you off from your family. They said that, well, God is the priority. Following Christ is the priority. What they were really saying is following the organization or loyalty to the organization is the priority. So if your parents and family members oppose the things that we are teaching or don't really support the organization, they don't want you to regularly interact with your family. In fact, on holidays and special occasions, instead of going home, they encourage you to stay there at their dormitory or their facilities and not have contact with your family. You want to avoid groups like that. And you want to avoid groups that mix other religious practices with Christianity. I've been in groups where people have come and asked me about particular practices and I'd gone in to observe the group and they're doing Eastern style meditations or yoga, or chanting things from Hinduism and other religions. You want to avoid groups like that. So those are some good guidelines to finding a great and healthy ministry there for you on the university campus that your spiritual life may thrive there on the university campus. Now the next challenge is the moral challenge. And of course the most significant is the challenge of sex. You know, the college campus promotes a view of moral relativism and experimentation is encouraged. And surveys show 75% of college students have had sex by the time they graduate from college. Pornography plagues the campus. Surveys show that 64% of college men and nearly 20% of college women spend time online for internet sex every week. There on the university campus, you have open access to the internet and the latest technology and often the internet there is not filtered and that's where many men and young women end up being exposed and end up being addicted to pornography. Also what doesn't help is the fact that we have co-ed dorms and when I thought about co-ed dorms I thought it was men on one floor, women on the next floor. But instead on many university campuses, when they said co-ed dorms, it's men and women living right next door to each other. Or they have quad units where one quad is women and the quad right next door is men. There are some campuses where they even have co-ed bathrooms and co-ed showers. And in a situation like that, is it no wonder that pregnancies and STDs are a problem there on the university campuses. Parties are prevalent on campus and many groups take pride in being more wild or extreme in their parties. So it's going to be tough to live a life committed to Christ in the midst of such a culture. You know, one of the reasons I went to a Christian university is that I want to play on a Christian athletic golf team. Well, it happens that the golf team I was on, I was really the only Christian. And when we traveled, 
it was difficult to live the committed Christian life. Often they had girls in the room and they were going out with girls or going out to the clubs when we were traveling. And during the week, they were engaged in wild parties and other activities. And so it was difficult to live the committed Christian life in the midst of such a culture. Even at practice, they'd be talking about their sexual exploits and other activities. And often there was a hostility between myself and my teammates because I didn't go along with their particular lifestyle or approve of the decisions that they had made. So in facing the moral challenges, you also need to have an action plan. One of the things we need to teach our young people is to understand sex outside of marriage is destructive. Uh, you can go to my shows on evidenceandanswers.org where we talk about this teen sex revolution and others, how sex outside of marriage is tremendously destructive to the individual. Also, young people need to hold yourself accountable to your Christian group and to your home church, that you will remain morally pure during your years in college. And understand that you will face persecution for your faith because you're not going along with the crowd there and the moral relativism. And understand that you will not be able to share in all the activities if you're part of a non-Christian organization. Many times in the athletic teams I've been a part of or clubs that I have joined, I couldn't say yes to several of their activities because of my faith in Christ. And they would put me in situations where there was a danger of compromise of my moral values. Now, in those cases, Dr. Jay Budziszewski, political science professor at the University of Texas, gives us some good guidelines here. He says, when you find yourselves in those situations, don't argue, don't apologize, don't back down, and don't get trapped. Don't argue, meaning don't let yourself be drawn into heated arguments or debates with a person who has no intention of listening to you. Don't apologize, meaning don't feel guilty or make excuses for what you believe in. Don't back down, meaning courageously hold to your convictions and don't compromise. And finally, don't get trapped, meaning avoid situations where you may get tempted. So those are some of the moral challenges that students will face on the university campus. And finally, we have the intellectual challenge. Many of our Christian teens are not prepared for the intellectual assault they face when they get to the university campus. Christian young people are not challenged to grow intellectually and have a childish faith that they carry on into college. And when they meet the varsity level kind of arguments there with their childish faith in Christ, they are unable to meet the challenges and answer the questions that they are confronted with. I've seen many youth groups, their weekly Bible study events consist of a 20-minute devotion followed by an hour of fun and games. Is it any wonder then that we see that our students go in to the university campus with a very childish and immature kind of faith and are just blown out of the water when they are confronted with some of these high-level intellectual challenges they face in the classroom. And there are some dominant ideas on the campus that will challenge anyone's faith in Christ. The worldview of naturalism dominates the campus and most subjects are taught from this perspective. The worldview of naturalism is the view that believes that the natural world is all that there is. As Carl Sagan stated, the cosmos is all that ever was, is, or ever will be. Naturalism teaches that God does not exist. Most naturalists conclude religion is irrational, without evidence, and oppressive. 
and most college professors are naturalists and will be teaching their subjects from this perspective. So as you can see, many of the principles that you'll learn will be contrary to the biblical worldview and the teachings of Christ. Another dominant idea is Darwinism. The theory that the origin and diversity of life is the result of natural causes. Darwinism is taught as the only viable theory that explains the origin and diversity of life. There is no other option. So most of the sciences are taught with this underlying theory of Darwinism. And so a student who may believe in God or intelligent design or an intelligent creator may face some hostility. It may be direct or more an underlying hostility from their professors for at the university, Darwinism is taught as the only viable theory that explains the origin and diversity of life. Then we have relativism. Relativism is based on the naturalist worldview, and it's the idea that truth originates not with God, but truth originates with man. There is no fixed reality. Each person perceives the world differently. Therefore, there's no such thing as absolute truth or truth that is true for everyone. Every person creates their own reality and truth. Now, built on this whole idea of the relativism of truth, we have moral relativism. Morality is relative and determined by each individual. The motto is do not judge anyone's morality or lifestyle as right or wrong. And then we have the new tolerance. The new tolerance teaches that all beliefs, values, and lifestyles are equally valid and true. Therefore, we should tolerate all beliefs, values, and lifestyles. We should not judge anyone's beliefs, values, or lifestyles as right or wrong, true or false. That would be intolerant. And that's the worst thing you can be called there on the university campus. And finally, we have the ideology of pluralism, that all religions are equally true and valid ways to God. To question which one is true is to violate the social customs there. We are to accept all religions as equally valid and true. Now, these ideologies oppose biblical teaching, and therefore, you may often find a negative attitude there on the university campus. Dr. Rob Coons, philosophy professor at the University of Texas, states this, it's gotten increasingly hostile toward the Christian faith, especially in the classroom. When I was a student, the vast majority of teachers were not Christian, but a lot of people had the attitude that faith is a good thing and we're not going to attack it or knock it. But nowadays, the view among many of the faculty is that Christianity is not only misguided and false, but actually pernicious and evil and should be stamped out. Any student arriving at almost any college or university today will face that kind of attitude. Now, buying into these ideas that dominate the university campus can have a very corrosive effect on your faith in Christ. So the Christian student is constantly bombarded with these ideologies that dominate the university campus. And for this reason, apologetics is no longer an option, but an absolute necessity to prepare the Christian to engage these ideas that they will constantly be confronted with there at the university campus. Students need to go into college not only knowing what they believe, but why they believe and to be able to articulate a good defense of why they believe and also the ability to discern and engage the ideas that they're going to engage there on the university campus. 
Therefore, the study of Christian apologetics is an absolute necessity there for every Christian, especially the Christian going to the university. When we come back together next time, we'll talk more about the challenges that our students will face there on the university campus, how to prepare and equip them to face those challenges so that they may really thrive in every way there on the university campus, that it wouldn't be a wasteland experience where they see their faith dismantled, but instead if we can prepare them and equip them properly, that's a place where faith can thrive on the university campus and they can grow in every way and their faith can be reinforced and strengthened after four years there on the university campus. So we look forward to seeing you next time here on Evidence and Answers. You've been listening to Pat address the challenges of the university campus. I'm sure this presentation has raised a lot of concerns as you and your church prepare to send your students off to college. One of the best ways to prepare your students is with an Evidence and Answers College Prep Conference. If your church has students in college or preparing to go to college, contact Pat at evidenceandanswers.org to arrange a college prep conference this summer or perhaps this winter break. Contact youth pastors in your area or denomination and invite Pat and his team to equip your students to meet the challenges of the university and thrive in every way during their college years and beyond. College does not have to be a time where a Christian's faith is shipwrecked, but a time when faith is reinforced and strengthened. But this will only happen if our students are prepared for the challenge. So write to Pat today at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers.